Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to the COB podcast. It is the 11th of February. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scuddy, was it a good Thursday for you? G'day, Nadine. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a fantastic Thursday. It's, uh, it's my Friday as well. So um, it's, uh, it's doubly good, but uh, the market had a, a bit of a no, nah, session, didn't it? Uh, didn't, it know did. what to, didn't know what to do with so many uh, regional markets offline for a Lunar New Year holiday. So just consolidated upon uh, after some pretty decent gains over the last few months or so. Yeah, and, and you know, there was a lackluster lead-in from the U.S. We heard from Jay Powell. I don't think there was anything really to shift the dial there, but um, perspective is everything. I mean, we've had such a run. And um, there's so much going on despite that. I mean, there used to be these periods that I remember where you'd sort of get to the newsroom in the morning. If it was a quiet day, you'd think, oh, my gosh, what are we going to talk about? But there's always Twitter. There's always the likes of Lindsay Lohan coming out and saying, to the moon. I mean, it is just incredible some of the narratives that are going on around the place at this time don't you think i just heard that all these celebrities who are promoting these things are disclosing what uh, they're getting paid in the background to go and do it because i suspect that uh, there's a lot of promotional activity that's going on that's not being aware of and uh, that can get you into a lot of trouble so any celebrities out there who are listening who are in the business <laughs> of pumping bitcoin or anything else uh, be very careful about what you do. Well, I didn't mean to start this podcast talking about Lindsay Lohan. It just did pop in my mind. I had to ask the question today uh, whether she still does movies. And I got told. I don't I, think so. No, I got told that uh, she bought a club in uh, Ibiza in, in, or something. In, no, in Greece or something, and had the intention of doing a, a show where if it was her running the club and it got cancelled or something. So it's like, well. Cancel culture. I wish you luck with Bitcoin then. Yeah, cancel that idea straight off the bat. Yeah, okay. Um, Now you know everything you need to know about Lindsay Lohan's current state of play. Let's talk about, well, what we love, and that's reporting season. We are in the thick of it. It was a pretty busy day today. Quietened in and down tomorrow before another busy week next week. But we saw Newcrest, the best performer on the 200 shares, jumping on an earnings and dividend beat. Goldman Sachs is uh, saying that the underlying profit of $533 million was 14% above its forecast, 18% higher than consensus. But do investors need to tread Cautiously, that is the line coming from RBC Capital Markets saying that the performance will be gold driven in the near term. But again, uh, we need to sort of see and better understand the growth prospects 
and how they'll be valued in the medium term in terms of the optimization of Lahir and some of those other projects like Haviron and Red Chris. But anyways, so that was the best performer study. I know I'm talking a lot right now. Um, I just want to look at the worst performer just to get us really underway here. And that is AMP, how the mighty fall down by a further 11% today. Yeah, uh, like so many, we were having a chat earlier today with uh, James Rosenberg and we're talking about not only uh, AMP but Telstra and just whilst Telstra had a, a decent day today, uh, those two companies uh, from when they uh, went public uh, on the exchange uh, in the late 90s to where they sit today, it's uh, just a shell of what they used to be. And as you said, the uh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, no interest there from errors. Uh, Speaks a lot of volumes, I say. Um, a lot of people are looking at uh, that AMP and going, well, uh, how long until it gets broken up and uh, doesn't exist anymore? And uh, look, not to say it uh, uh, can't be turned around, but uh, certainly it's a lot of people who are talking. The uh, best way to extract value now is to maybe break it up. Yep, AMP Capital is still quite valuable. Uh, underlying net profit for AMP falling 33% to $295 million. There was a long list of companies reporting. I don't see any broker notes out on AMP just yet, but AGL. Um, look, we've got RBC saying that it's just really tough to love AGL Energy right now. It's a very difficult investment proposition, falling wholesale electricity prices, Earnings to be tough over the next couple of years. Further material falls being flagged by AGL today in wholesale earnings through 2022 and even potentially longer. I mean, it's it's a pretty big statement coming from AGL today on that front. Mm, it's uh, difficult to offer in environments uh, and the energy mix is changing. And uh, that creates opportunities and it creates uh, headwinds for some companies. And uh, unfortunately for AGL, it's, uh, it's the latter. Yeah, and uh, AGL, I'm just checking in on the share price. Actually finished the day higher, though, by $1.34. Some of the other companies reporting today that finished higher, Add Downer EDI, GUD Holdings, Telstra. You were talking about Telstra earlier. I mean, people like when they get paid a special dividend, an interim dividend, even when a turnaround story is yet to be proven, but up by 3%. Yeah, I don't know about this whole this special dividend and, uh, and then just like ordinary dividend, um, keeping what exactly was the status quo. So was it really that special if, it, if it's uh, been replicated of what happened previously? I, know, I guess it was yeah. because uh, the share price went up. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. If you'd like some analysis on Telstra, we spoke with Marcus Bogdan. He is CIO at Blackmore Capital. So he can talk about Telstra, so listen in for that. But he also talks about what his standout companies have been so far this reporting season. Obviously, it's still pretty early days. We also had a chat this morning with T.S. Wong, CIO at Prime Value. I mean, I don't know, Scotty, are you getting from the conversations we're having that at least so far, what we're hearing from companies is, is better than expected, particularly on the guidance front? Yes, and uh, I've got to say I'm not overly surprised because at least for the domestic-facing companies because we have much greater certainty than what we are looking at only six months ago. And uh, it's pretty clear, like, you no, know, unless something really awry happens with the, uh, the virus uh, vaccine rollout, uh, we know what the operating environment is going to look like domestically. We're going to have very low interest rates. We're going to have lots of money sitting on the sidelines uh, and an inability to still probably go and spend it as freely as we would in normal patterns. So we know that in operating environment. So I expect that uh, no companies should be able to go and have some kind of uh, no guesstimate as to where they'll land. ST also told us that he really sees the turnaround story in dividends. So if you'd like to hear what companies he 
uh, thinks have, have really performed well, which ones he says will potentially continue to perform well on those fronts. And uh, I snuck in a bit of a bonus question on what's on his watch list in terms of the cyclical trade. So you can access that interview via the, sh- via, excuse me, the show notes. Grain Corp's Managing Director and CEO joined us today. Not a company report. It was about the AGM, but did firm up some guidance for the company. It's nice to hear. Don't you think, Scuddy, that there are near optimal growing conditions across much of eastern Australia, um, one of the largest crops in recent history. You've got to welcome that relief after tough years for many farmers. Yeah, with uh, both sides of my family, uh, I know, came from uh, rural areas, and uh, it's nice to go and have some good news to report. We uh, we did our best to try and prize as much information out as possible, including uh, maybe will we get to go and see dividends, I know, you know paid out uh, and mass to the uh, shareholders given uh, those better conditions. Uh, unfortunately, uh, very uh, no tight-lipped there, but uh, we tried our best. Yeah, well, sometimes all you can do is try, right? And try, try again. Commonwealth Bank had a pretty good day today in the wake of its result yesterday. Financials in general looked pretty good, but uh, CBA was definitely the standout. Finished the day up more than 1%. That was, Scuddy, the stock of the day. In the wake of yesterday's report, Kashi sat down with his two expert guests, Andrew Page and Owen Raskowitz from Rask Australia. Andrew, of course, is from Strawman. Here's what they had to say. In more recent years, things haven't gone terribly far from it. In fact, things could have gotten a lot worse given what we went through last year. But the shares in CBA, in fact, most of the banks, pretty much where they were 10 years ago, there's hardly any growth in there at this yeah. point in time. And that's fine. You don't have to have growth for a good investment. But if we if we annualise that most recent dividend announcement, you're getting, what, three and a half odd percent or so. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's not that it's it's terrible. It just fails to to excite me. And I think sure. you still do have some downside risks, despite um, some very encouraging economic signs. If you're a long-term holder, sure, keep in the bottom drawer, collect the dividends. Yeah. But I'm not rushing to buy it. Yeah. Point. The way this shakes out is that as interest rates get lower, it becomes harder for the banks to push a wider margin out. So that's why we've seen across most of the big banks, um, the interest rates that they earn or the net interest margins that they earn have fallen from north of 3% down towards 2 and sometimes below 2% now. And the, the thing is, it's just like any company, if you have smaller margins, you have to push more volume through. So the, the rising property market, lending more, taking market share, have kind of counteracted that for CBA. It's hard to really think that this is going to be a resounding market-beating company. So yes, you know, the dividend return plus the franking credits is actually very appealing, although it is lower. Um, but we're not, I don't think we're going to see that growth. I wouldn't be surprised to see a special dividend next year. Uh, <laughs> it's not going in. Yeah. Wasn't in, not going in. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's still a decent result yesterday. Maybe I, got, I used to work for CBA many, many moons ago, so I've still got a bit of a soft spot for it. Yeah, but I think a lot of it just comes down to valuation, you know, and, yeah. and other opportunities where to potentially grow, find growth, as opposed to just chasing that yeah, yield. It's a low, low better way to go and play the uh, banking sector, of course. We know that the, the regionals, then maybe the other um, big four banks have a lot more upside, but uh, when it's cyclical, better. But I uh, know when things get uh, a little bit awry, uh, they tend to get uh, whacked a lot more as well. So CBA is that ballast uh, play in the banking space. Okay, so it is Chinese Lunar New Year. It begins today. Markets around the region a bit uh, a bit quiet. Year of the ox. But we did have the new president, Joe Biden, call China's Xi Jinping. They talked about rights. 
They talked about trade. They talked about climate. The U.S. president raised issues, obviously, that divide the two, but also held open the possibility of them working together on common concerns. They've also talked about working together on nuclear proliferation. Um, so it's an interesting one because, of course, there's a lot in that Chinese relationship. So far, the U.S. administration has not done anything really different than the previous administration other than the fact that uh, a lot of investors, particularly in emerging markets, I had a good um, conversation with a guy from PGM early this morning. It's up on the site. He just says, look, there's a breath of fresh air for investors in emerging markets to not have to wake up every moment or every morning and sort of wonder what policy on the run has been made that could impact their investment. So I'm just mentioning China and that call in relation to uh, Lunar New Year. Yeah. Um, I'll just point out that um, President Xi uh, was there before Donald Trump. He was there after Donald Trump, and he'll be likely there after uh, Joe Biden. And uh, he is playing the long game. And uh, remember, uh, he is essentially president for life. So whenever I hear that, uh, I always get a little bit... uh, I'm sure a lot of others out there maybe just think it as well, but uh, just when you make yourself president for life, what does that mean? Yeah, um, Biden saying that uh, officials in his administration are looking for the sources of leverage we have on the economic front. Of course, from an Australian perspective, everybody's reading through some of the commentary, trying to see whether or not, you know, there's the tactic support of the U.S. for Australian concerns, because don't, you know, that's still a very real uh, risk for many of our um our exports into China. Yeah, and uh, and Donald's uh, may be gone, but uh, Donald's uh, tariffs remain in place as well. So they that sure was, do. I was interested to go and see that. Uh, talking about maybe uh, the opportunity to go and revisit that trade policy, but uh, I found that quite interesting that there was no rush to go and no. wind those back. No, $370 billion worth of levies on Chinese imports, three quarters of everything that China sells into the U.S., um, look, you usually have a view in the newsletter on Fridays. You know, we switch it up a little bit, but today it's Annette. She has given a bit of thought to the year to come. Um, and I think Chinese New, New Year inspired her. So if you'd like to listen to or read, I should say, Annette's view, you'll have to sign up for the COB newsletter. I hate being pushy, but um, yeah, it's worth your while. And also in the newsletter, so we've been having this subscriber survey. It's now shut. The newsletter today contains the winners. Um, congratulations to the winners of our subscriber survey. It's not that they gave us all the answers that we wanted to hear, of course. It's just a random draw, and they've won $2,000 a piece in a superhero was I Was I one of the winners? No. <laughs> of course. No, I, I have no idea. We weren't allowed to. We're just reading them. We, we weren't allowed to participate. But it's like, geez, two grand in a trading account sounds, sounds pretty good. It sounds like, yeah, it could be good. All right. So, jobless claims tonight, Scuddy. Uh, important. Yes, there's still many, many millions of Americans unemployed. Jay Powell last night saying that, look, they're nowhere near uh, the unemployment rate that they want to be where there's equality in the system and even sort of casting a bit of shade on the official reads that come through, you know, the non-farm payroll reads saying they're not really reflective of the true state of the jobless situation. So nearest thing we have to a real-time assessment on the labor market conditions, but I'm going to be a bit controversial. Maybe here's my view uh, to go sign off for the week. It's, uh, I think the data is, is really having troubles with seasonal adjustments at the moment. It is just very volatile, and you're not really getting too much of a proper read. There's been so many changes to the various programs as well with the change of administration. Uh, then you've got to go layer over the top uh, new stimulus payments that are coming through as well. So it is just an absolute uh, you know, cluster and a half trying to go and digest this stuff. So... Um, 
it's really difficult to go and do that. I suggest, though, no, we've got to wait to see what's going on with the payrolls report. And even then, we're not going to get a really clean read probably for at least six months as to what is really going on. Like everything else, keep a look at what's going on unemployment rate and keep what's going on, on what's going on in the underemployment rate. They are the two best measures of what's going on. Okay, we've got a great day lined up for you tomorrow. A lot of the focus will still be on reporting season, even though, as I said, it's a bit quiet. Uh, baby bunting is out with its half yearly. Mervac is out. So two really key areas. Retail, of course, housing, building. Um, Balador Technology is out and Genworth Mortgage. Let's leave it there, shall we? Oh, my gosh, the tweet of the day in the COB comes from Northman Trader in relation to Lindsay Lohan. I can't give it away. It's all in pictures. You'll have to sign up for the COB to get it. Have I done my job today, Scotty? Should I take a bow? Yes, there's, uh, there's enough suspense there. So <laughs> make sure you sign up to the, uh, to the, uh, to the, to the newsletter. <laughs> and thanks for listening to the podcast, and we'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.